Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I am completely and utterly... It doesn't happen often because I never stop talking. I'm slightly lost for words and I'm... Uh, thank you. I salute you. Thank you for for being such a big part of my life. Well, thank you very much for telling me that. And, you know, happy to be talking with you today. So, Stephen, I don't know where to begin. Uh, let's Let's begin now. And then can we go backwards? Is that okay if we do it that way around? Sure, whatever you want to talk about. Fabulous. Yeah. Prince of Egypt is, when you believe, is one of those songs that, congratulations for all the awards and the Oscar, everything that you, you got for this. But that song seems to resonate with everybody. And I feel that now more than ever, we need that song. <laughs> it's yeah, for powerful. Sure. Tough times right now. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the song was written in a, in, I think a very cool way actually, um, because it was when we were working on the original animated feature of Prince of Egypt, DreamWorks sent us a bunch of the creative team, um, on a trip to Egypt and we were in the Sinai desert, um, and one of our directors, Stephen Hickner, was talking about wanting a, a kind of anthemic musical moment for when the Hebrew tribes finally secure their freedom and are able to escape from the bondage in Egypt. And the following day, we were um, able to climb, actually climb Mount Sinai. <gasps> we were woke. We we woke up before dawn so that we we were up at the summit of Mount Sinai watching the sunrise. And I was thinking about what Steve had asked, and I kind of had a tune in my head. And so that was the beginning of, you know, how how When You Believe came to be written. So I think it always had this kind of expansive view and, and perspective from above maybe um, built into it. Uh, you know, and, and, and as you say, it, it, it seems to contain relevance beyond the specific story of Prince of Egypt. That's quite remarkable. How many mountains have you climbed to find those big hits of yours? <laughs> well, I, I have done a bit of, I have climbed a few, but I think that's the only one where I, uh, where I actually wrote a song. So 
I think we need to get you up another mountain, quite frankly, Stephen. <laughs> Find a mountain quick. Um, but so how does it work then? You you had the tune and they said, right, we need something. And th- I mean, it was literally like that, that you came um, yes. up with it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a story to be told, obviously, about what the character of Moses is going through at that particular point. He's at an extremely low point. Um in his uh, in his life, and uh, things have happened that have really made him want to give up. And then his sister Miriam and his wife Sephora basically sing this song to him to uh, help revive his spirits. And during the course of the story, he comes to see that despite all that has cost him and everybody, he has managed to set his people free. And so, so it ends on a very um, positive note. Uh, I also, as part of the research for the song, was given contact with um, a rabbi who who spoke Hebrew and who um, let me know about something called the Song at the Sea that the Hebrew tribes were supposed to have sung when they um, passed over out of Egypt. And um, he gave me the Hebrew and the translation of it, and I did a kind of edit of it and and used it as the center section of the song that the the tribes be, sing when they sing the little Ashira section. That's obviously not in the pop version that Whitney and Mariah did, um, but it but it is in the version that people will see when they see the video. No, but that's the version I'm talking about. I'm not talking about yeah, the well, pop, which the is. I mean, it's yeah. fabulous. Though, you know, Whitney and Mariah, as you call them, you know, I'd, I'd given them their full names, but you know them very well. But it's it's about the the musicals. I think that that's that's what we yeah. obviously we're talking about today and the release that it, it's coming out so everyone can see it, digital release. I saw it in the theatre. I've seen it twice. I find it more magical than the cartoon. I love the cartoon, but there's something... I love live theatre. And I, I agree. And it's yeah. a great way to get young people into live theatre when the cartoon that they've seen, it's there. They think, oh, I can see it in real life. And live theatre is so important. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's really nothing like the experience of seeing actors in the moment and having the audience around you. I mean, to some extent, a video obviously is different but i think that experience is still um there in 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 the video because you can hear the audience and you can sense the actors um in in contact with the audience um the nice thing that the video adds of course is that you see it from different perspectives than just wherever your your seat in the theater would be you know you have close-ups and different angles etc so it's like being able to be in the theatre but but run all over by yourself. So do you think that Stephen Schwartz, who was the record producer uh, all those years ago, would think, I love... What are you eating, Stephen? Please share. I oh, want to know no. what you... Yeah, no, I was I trying to do know. it without your no, seeing. No, no, no. What are you I'm eating? I'm a little teeny bit of breakfast here. Okay, so what have, what have you got morning. for your breakfast? What's what's for your breakfast, please? Well, it's it's actually um, a, a little bit of like a, a quiche um, okay. that I heated up. That's, that's very, very good. That's very yeah. smart breakfast you're having. I'm impressed. Okay. You, you please. Yeah, well, it, was easy, it was easy to nuke. So that's what I did. <laughs> I was trying to sneak a bite while you weren't looking. No, no, but no. I didn't, no. I, you don't let me get away with anything. Nothing, so. Stephen. No. Go <laughs> keep eating your quiche while I ask you this question. I'll make it a long question. Eat your quiche. Enjoy. Um, no, no. I, actually, I'm actually done now. Oh, so okay. I, I wanted to finish it while it was still warm. <laughs> 
Um, uh, you know, about I was talking about the the you as the record producer, and then you were writing uh, um, songs and lyrics when you were when you were studying. Did you ever think that all these years later, Grammys, um, Oscars, you know, innumerable awards, did you ever think that you'd be talking about a cartoon that you'd done the music to and the lyrics to that would be in theatres that was now coming out on DVD? I just, it's an extraordinary, it's an incredible arc that you've been through. Yeah, well, you know, when when I started... um... Animation. um, We're we're supposed to call them animated features and not cartoons. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'll call it animation. No, that's that's Disney strictly instructed me that I'm. (laughs) Of course, uh, uh, DreamWorks is yeah. uh, uh, um, Prince of Egypt is DreamWorks, so maybe they're okay with the word cartoon. (laughs) Disney is very strict about it. Um, But yeah, the the phenomenon of those um, animated works being turned into live productions other than, you know, ice shows and theme park shows had not happened yet. That was something that was pioneered by uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Michael Eisner when they were at Disney, you know, with with Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And then, of course, um, you know, Lion King and the amazing transformation that that took place with the brilliance of Julie Tamer, et cetera. So, um, yeah, this is an entirely new phenomenon. And it's been really exciting and a privilege to be a part of it. And as you say, I feel with Prince of Egypt, the the transformation of it into a stage piece where the audience's imagination is engaged so much. So instead of seeing actual chariots, you see the bodies of actors used to create chariots. You see dancers become the Nile River carrying the baby in the basket and a lot of imaginative um, theatrical devices that are just different from what you would do on, on film and what they did do in animation. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody will thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, and obviously with Wicked, and I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but I'm going to oh, because sure. I love the show. Um, Wicked is the other way around. I mean, the phenomenal, I think probably as a family, we've seen this about 10 times. My girls know every single word of Wicked. Could not believe I was speaking to you today. Um, uh, but that's obviously going to be into, turned into a movie. So it's the, yeah. the other way around. Uh, and you've seen what we all haven't, which we're all dying for. How's it looking, Stephen? Well, to be honest, I haven't actually seen much of the film in terms what? of on film um, because the director, our fantastic director, John Chu, is, is working on it. Um, I have been involved, obviously, with the recording of the uh, soundtrack. And so what I and I've seen the sets, which are kind of mind boggling. The sets and costumes are absolutely astonishing. So I can tell you that it will look beautiful and it will sound great. But yeah, I'm I'm waiting. Uh, obviously, I'll see the film before other people because I have to work <laughs> on the score and, and the recordings, etc. But yeah, the truth is, I, I haven't really seen anything yet. Okay, so you're the, I think you're just keeping it quiet because of Cynthia Reaver. No, no, Reaver. it's absolutely true. I, I haven't... Okay, uh, I believe John you. John is editing away and I haven't seen any of it. Well, we can't wait for part one and part two, of course, of that. If I may, I'd like to take you uh, back to, for me, if I may, choose Godspell. Um, sure. There is a reason, uh, and just uh, briefly, my I've 
grew up loving musicals, always loved musicals. My very first music, I might cry, so I'm going to tell you this story. But my dad used to listen to this show called Godspell. And I then decided that I wanted to be a TV presenter, but I wanted to one day do a musical and I was going to learn how to belt. And I learned <laughs> how to sing to prepare ye um, from Godspell and Day by Day. So, oh, thank you. I have so much to thank you for. You have no idea, Stephen. That musical. Okay. Thank you for telling me that. No. Prepare you is tricky because it has so that those those integrals. So if you learn to sing to that, it means you must be able to sing a bit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I've I've done it. So I, I yes, I I can thank goodness. But when I took it to school and I said to my teacher, "Please, can we sing this in class?" She went, "What?" What everyone else was doing, whatever, and I went, no, we got to do prepare ye. Um, but but where, so where do you start? You're going, okay, I'm going to write a musical. Lots of people want to do that. How do you start? How did you start? Where did it all begin? Um, are you are you talking about the this specific show or just my interest in musical? Your whole theater? everything. Tell me everything. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I I grew up um, it on in a suburb of New York City. And my parents, neither of whom are remotely in the arts, were very avid theater goers and they loved musicals. And so they took me to musicals when I was very young and they had cast albums that I used to listen to. And so as I was um, becoming, a, you know, realizing that I wanted to be a composer and a songwriter, my interest, um, you know, went towards musical theater. Um, and, uh, you know, I studied theater at uh, Carnegie Mellon University here in uh, America, studying music at, at Juilliard. And, um, yeah, I've always really been interested in storytelling as an aspect of uh, songs. So that's where I always start with, with any song, even if it's an individual song uh, that's not for a show, which I've written a few of, but not that many, because it's to me, it's always about what is the story. And I also really enjoy collaborating. And musical theater is maybe the most collaborative of all um, art forms. And, you know, I really like that everybody kind of gets in the trenches together and has different ideas and fights and argues and makes discoveries and then you know, a work emerges from that. And I feel like the songs that I write are part of that um, that process. So with Godspell, that was the idea of um, its original director uh, and adapter, a man named John Michael Teblack. And he had actually started the school, uh, started the show at its school, and then it went to an off-off-Broadway, what you would call a fringe production, and and I came into it at that point. So writing Prepare Ye or Day by Day or whatever was always about how is this going to fit within the show itself? How is it going to advance the story we're trying to tell in the show? That's very interesting because the people, I mean, I never understand when somebody says, I don't get musical theatre or I don't like musical theatre or something. And I, I have lengthy conversations with them about it because I'm so passionate about it. What to, to somebody who's not sure about musical theatre, can you explain why it's so important? I'm going to use that word, actually, if I may. Well, I mean, for me, when musicals work and they're a difficult art form because uh, partly because they're so collaborative, um, 
you know, but when they work and so they're functioning as a play, as storytelling, but also as music, because music, you know, gets into your heart and into your soul. Um, it's sort of not it, it's under your consciousness, if you will. Um, then I find that that experience kind of the, the most complete and the most thrilling and the most moving and and I find maybe because again music is sort of not um, it's it, 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 it's pre-conscious or below conscious. It's it's almost like a dream that you had. It stays inside you in a way that plays. Of course, a great play will can can stay with you, or a great movie um, can stay with you. But there's something about the the addition of the music that I think really um, can can become part of you. And I think that's why musicals that that speak to people such as Prince of Egypt has or Wicked has become kind of personally important to them. I'm going to clip that and I'm going to play that to anybody that ever asks me again why I love musicals so much. Well, that was I, I kind of understand, you know, I think like, uh, I, and I've talked to a lot of theatre going friends about this, a play, even a kind of mediocre play, can be really you can come out of it and say like okay well that play wasn't really that good but wasn't this idea interesting and wasn't this character interesting a musical if it's not good can be a pretty bleak experience <laughs> i have to say but yes. when it is good when you know when it works um then i think you know i i, I would just encourage people who don't get musical theater to to Try to see a good musical. One of yours. One of yours. They need to see one of yours. Do you know when uh, a song or a musical or or a lyric? Do you have that moment, that flash? Now, because you've been doing it for a few years, uh, um, do you get that moment? You go, ah, that's the one that works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all instinct, and um, you know, nothing is ever perfect. Uh, so one is always just striving to really find the best possible way musically or lyrically to communicate an idea. And over the course of a whole show, it's impossible to, you know, to succeed completely with that. But yeah, I do have an instinct for where I feel I've been able to achieve what I've been trying to set out to do. And, um, even though I, I'm constantly, fussing around with my shows and trying to make them better and you know a new production might have a change in it of a word or you know something musical um the parts of it that i feel really work uh, um, i i do have a sense of that how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So are there any now that you go back on? I mean, I, I wish that somebody would bring... Pippin back and and Godspell back. I'd I'd love to see them now. I think they s- still stand up so brilliantly. That are there are there moments that you look at it and think ah I wish I'd done it like that or now let's bring it back but I'm going to change this. Sure, of course that that always happens. I mean Pippin has been being done um, pretty successfully now uh, in the UK a bit and there's a whole new ending to Pippin that wasn't in the show yeah. when it was first done. I think next summer at the Chocolate Factory, um, in you know, the wonderful small theater in, in Love London, it. The Factory, yeah. they're doing Baker's Wife next oh! year oh! Uh, in the summer. And um, that's a show that has been revisited and revised and now seems to have a version that has started to work quite well. And so our wonderful David Babani at the Chocolate Factory is going to be bringing it there. So, yes, the story is, I, I, you know, I'm always tinkering with things and trying to improve them. And also the times change. And so yeah. sometimes something can be refreshed to more um contemporarily reflect what you know sort of what is going on right now see I, in my eyes i don't change anything from any of them because i think they're all perfect but i know you won't like me for saying that because you think you just say <laughs> no nothing's ever perfect but uh, so when you i mean I, I know with wicked that it came from the book and you thought i know this should be a musical but but uh, do you uh, how does it work because i'm so fascinated by by lyricists and composers, by your minds, that do you just suddenly, will you be lying in bed at night and suddenly go, la, 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 oh, there, I know what that's going to be. Does it work? Like, please tell me that's how it works. <laughs> well, it kind of does, but it's always, as I say, based on the story. So it starts with what what is this really about? So and can we, let, okay, so if I'm going to interrupt you and then say, let's go to yeah. Wicked, because there was okay. the book, Wicked. So talk me through that then, please. Okay, so... I first heard about Wicked in a very random way. I was on a holiday and a friend of mine, um, whose name is Holly Near, she's a wonderful folk singer, just said, um, you know, kind of casually, oh, I'm reading this really interesting book and it's called Wicked and it's kind of the Oz story from the Wicked Witch's point of view. And immediately I thought, that's such a great idea and it's kind of 
right it's 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 right in my wheelhouse in terms of the kind of things that i'm interested in the kind of characters i'm interested in so when i and i knew i had to try and get the rights which was its own um journey but when i then went and got the book i read the book by gregory Maguire in terms of how what can i use from this book to make a musical and kind of tell the story that i see contained within it um so it always starts with that it starts with an kind of an outline that one works out with one's collaborators the rest of the creative team and then you do what's called song spotting and say, um, well, this part of the story is probably told as a song. This is probably music. Wow. Um, and in the meantime, like, since you're asking about Wicked, you know, I may just be thinking of what what musically would sound like the witch's power. And then a little bit of Defying Gravity would get written and then you know, and put aside for later. And then, so it all kind of gets assembled in that way. You know, with Prince of Egypt, it began that um, DreamWorks wanted to make an animated feature and Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg talked to me about it. And Steven said, I see this as a brother story. I see this as the story between these two brothers who love each other, um, but are forced by their destiny to be in conflict with one another. And it was that personal relationship between these two men caught up in these gigantic events that seemed very exciting. And so all the sort of music got triggered by that story. Then I did a lot of research for Prince of Egypt, where I would listen to Middle Eastern songs and instrumentation and lullabies. And I got a recording that purported to be music of the ancient Egyptian court, though, how they could possibly know what that was, I don't know. And then just try to assimilate it and use that as the palette, you know, with which the um, the music would be created or from which the music would be created. So it's a whole process is what I'm saying. You've just blown my mind. I, that was extraordinary <laughs> hearing you saying about you notice that thing and then you can feel them. Where does the music come from in you? Is it from your soul? Is it from your heart? Is it from your head? Or is it all of them? I, You know what the truth is, Gabby? I have no idea. I don't know how this works. It's such a mysterious process. I, um, I work at the keyboard or occasionally at a guitar or with a drum track, but almost always at the keyboard and just I'm trying to be uh, almost like an actor, become the character. What what do I as this character want? What am I seeing when I look out of my eyes and, you know, as the character? And then what does that sound like? What is What music conveys that feeling? And then I play around and it's, it's sort of what you said, you know, I'll be playing the piano and then suddenly stumble upon something and think, oh, no, wait, that's it. And then build from there. It's very instinctive. That, I mean, that is, when do you, when do people know they have that? I was, you know, music is um, genetically, the musical ability is, is genetically inherited. You know, it's not something we can really take credit for any more than we can for our uh, uh, the color of our eyes you're just born with it you know like there are people who can just draw 
they can look at something and draw something and make it look like that. I have I can't do that at all. I I can barely draw a circle. But oh, it doesn't I just, matter. Well, you write the greatest musicals. It doesn't well, matter. I'll draw the circle for you. Don't worry. Well, there you go. But I was <laughs> my point being like one different people are born with different abilities and different traits and people who are musical. It's it's inborn. It's why there are so many there were why there are musical prodigies and we're always amazed when you know someone can play the violin brilliantly at age seven but it's be partly because musical ability presents early it's 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 a trait that presents early this is all by way of saying that i was just a musical kid i was told by my parents that i used to in when i was in my playpen i'd want them to play music and they had apparently a recording by an operatic soprano that I used to call the high lady. I'd want to hear the high lady. And I was always listening to music and always singing, you know, and then early on started to take piano lessons and started to just write things. It, it just came, it just came naturally. Like, you know, like you hear with great tennis players that they picked up a, te- a racket when they were three and could hit a tennis ball. You know, it's, it's just a, it's something that you're born with. And I was, I've been very, very lucky in that I was born at a place in time where I was allowed to make use of this ability um, to become a profession for me. Well, thank you from all of us that that you came into our lives and and, and you're so important. I was with a friend of mine yesterday who's played Madame Morrible and um, and she said she wanted me to thank you uh, because she loved it so much and. and I said to her, I was asking her about Wicked, and I said, what do you think it is about Wicked that everybody loves? She said, because everybody's green. And yeah, just, we all have that green girl yeah, inside us. We, That's what our producer David Stone says. Yeah. yeah, and it's so true. And with all the other shows, and as I said, with Prince of Egypt, but with Godspell, something... And I don't. I can't go on about it too much because I will cry. I cannot believe I've, I'm actually speaking to you. Uh, this is like a, a childhood dream come true. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Stephen. You have a lovely afternoon, no, lovely morning for you. And I'll see you in London. Right. Take good thank care. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Bless you, Gabby. You. This was so much fun. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like... Wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird. But you, yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.